Jules, thank you. These are gravity-defying folks for a long time. Now, today I will have a complaint. I'm starting out with a complaint. They wouldn't let me do announcements today after the last time. See, y'all sent notes telling them what I said. So they wouldn't let me do announcements this time. So since they wouldn't let me do announcements, and you, and you notice she got to twirling, I'm glad I didn't do them. She got to acting like <laughs> twirling around. But I want to announce to you that the storm is still heading to Mexico, so you will be saved from hearing about Reverend Duane's harrowing you know, experiences in the hurricane. Because you know whatever happens, if it gets close to where he is, he will have some experience that nobody else will. <laughs> and he'll tell us about it, which is always fun. Of course, they will be ready to shoot him in staff meeting because he will tell them several times, regardless of what the agenda says they're discussing. So those are my announcements for the day. <laughs> See, you'll learn next time. <laughs> if you pray with me. God, we ask that you would make this a joyful time for us as we praise and worship you. Make this a time in which your spirit comes in and let that spirit take this body as you take these lips and you form the words that you would have me share with your people who have gathered this day. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Now, last Sunday we talked about faith is being sure of what we hope for. Faith is being certain of what we do not see. And Reverend Duane challenged us to live our faith without walls. He particularly looked at Sarah and Abraham. Now, the reason I like Sarah and Abraham as some of those witnesses and as the example is the writer of Hebrews kind of used the good stuff. He didn't say anything about the fact that when God told Sarah, you're going to have a baby, she laughed at it. She laughed at the messenger and said, yeah, right, which is why we got Isaac, or in Hebrew it's Isaac, which means God laughs. We have Abraham who was trying the best he could to manage a real dysfunctional family. <laughs> there was always something going on around. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? So Reverend Dwayne challenged us to live outside those walls, being open to what God is saying rather than figuring out we already know what God wants. And today, using a new Revised Standard translation, just to give you another sound for what we heard read earlier, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the same, for the same joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. 
And we heard it's, do you see what this means, all these pioneers? They're both. One of the things that I thought about as we were sitting here, six years ago today, I was, we were next door in the other building having worship, and it was the day in which I was ordained. And one of those pioneers, she's still with us though, but she, one of those pi- yeah, folks who pioneered following those witnesses was here sharing with us, it was Bishop Leontine Kelly, who's a retired Methodist bishop. And I remember that because Tini and I became friends in a very strange way, but there was something special that happened. And I found out later that in an interview she had said I was like her son. And, but one of the things I remember is, if, you know, if you've never seen Bishop Kelly, she's this little bitty woman. But oh, when the spirit takes over, she fills a room. And she came to share that day, and I remember... She and I laughed over breakfast because, you see, somebody had called and, said, and the words were spread throughout the United Methodist denomination that a, former, a retired bishop was in Houston and going to do a holy union, which clergy in that denomination to this day still can't do. And so she and I were laughing because the person who had called her was someone I knew from seminary because he was a pastor in Denver, but she said, I don't know how they got there. So I, she said, so I'm going to let them stew for a couple of days. Then I'll get back to them and let them know that I was there for an ordination because she just thought it was great because she was a person who looked at the cloud of witnesses and saw them calling for justice, and justice is something that she has never given up on. She speaks for it every time. She used to say she would never let, they told her they would give her a vote again, but they'd have to take her voice away as a retired bishop because she had a choice. She could speak and not have a vote or vote and not speak. She said, no, nah, forget that. Keep your vote. I want to speak. <laughs> but that's why we look to those witnesses for examples. They're not there judging us. They're there for us to see that there are others who have been on this thing we call a faith journey before us. And as we look at the folks on that list, we find that they're folks who have their strengths, their weaknesses, their good points, their points for major improvement. (laughs) They're human. They're human. And so we know that they're there cheering us on. It's that development that happens once we come into a community because you see that's what we are it's the community we gather it's the community that nurtures us they nourish us because you see it's the community that props us up when we just basically said okay my foot's on the floor this morning or I'm sitting up the rest of me is in a mess And it's the community that helps go, come here, let me hold you. Let me hug you. Tell me what it is. Let me support you through this. 
Let me tell you what I may have learned in that same situation sometime in the past. That's why community is important. Now, there are those, I don't know why, but there are those who believe that when we say we're community that we're supposed to all get along, never supposed to have any disagreements. But guess what? It happens. I tell folks, I got to this church when there was a split. And what happened was folks who were there found out, oh, things aren't going to happen if we don't step forward and do. That's what got us, in a way, as a, as a church to the place that moved us here. We got flooded, and there were folks who knew nothing about this building, and they just kind of look at us like, okay, yeah, right, whatever that is. This is church to us, because that's where we're worshiping, and that's where God is, because we're here. And moved us back to this place. That group who brought us to where we are and where we're going. There are folks who come and go. but they don't leave our memory. You know, one of the things that I think that we sometimes forget is there are people who will come into our lives physically and they may go someplace else because God has called them to move on, but as long as they're there in our hearts, they're present and with us. And I think that's part of what happens with that cloud of witnesses that they talk about, those pioneers. They're the folks that we hear when we come in community. We hear about their stories. They become part of our DNA and we carry those stories with us. Because we learn that we should be hospitable to the stranger because you never know who that stranger may be. We know that God comes in many shapes, sizes, forms, and we never know when we may meet God. We may be sitting there going, I know everything's right with me and I have to worry about it. I'm just here for y'all. And next thing we know, something has tapped us on the shoulder. We don't know what, but something has tapped us on that shoulder and we keep looking. And all of a sudden we realize, oops, my life's about to change again. You messing with my agenda, God. But it's part of being that community of faith. It's part of being on that faith journey. It's part of letting that faith live with our walls. Being open to what God would have us do. And I understand it is not always what we want to do. I mean, I figured that thing out the other day. You know, I could have been retired. If I had not gotten to seminary when I did, I could have stayed. If I had stayed where I was and done it on my schedule, I could have retired last year. <laughs> Always had insurance. And had a little money on the side in the IRA. And could have just said, well, I'm doing this while I'm in my retirement. And God said, no, pack your bags and go. And what made it so bad was everybody I asked, well, do you think I ought to do this? No, baby, it'd be all right, go ahead. 
including one person, some people who said, you know, I really don't know your faith journey, but something just tells me, do it. I'm like, okay, I got it. But we do that. That's letting faith live. Stepping out with community. Because it's you who encouraged me, you who called me out. Because, see, it wasn't on my list of things. This was not on my list. It was not on my list of things I will do when I grow up. It wasn't there. But being part of this community and trying to stay open to what God would have me do, you spoke and said, you know, I think that's what you're supposed to do. That's what being a community of faith is. When one may not hear it individually, the community hears it, and the community carries that message. The community is that, the faith community is that light to the larger community. So that people know there is a place where they can come, warts and all, and we'll love them. Because we'll go, honey, you ain't seen mine yet. (laughs) But stay here and we're okay. We will love each other. We will laugh together and we'll cry together. But we will stay faithful to what God is calling resurrection to be, what God is calling each of us to be. And we know it can work because we've got a cloud of witnesses out there. We've got pioneers who have been in these pews before, spread around the country, some of whom have gone on and are looking at Jesus and looking down going, uh-huh, oh, they still there. Still doing the same thing? No, they're not either. They have cleaned up the act. Now, that one used to be okay. I wonder why they're acting up. But that's okay. They'll be fine. That's what, you know, that's what church is. It's about being the best we can and who we are in community and loving each other, period. Not because, not if, not when, just loving each other, period. And that's what this Hebrew message is, particularly to me, because as he goes on in writing that letter to the folks, he said, you know, it's the same thing. It's saying, you know, our faith and referencing love. Because you see, our race isn't exclusive. You don't have to fill an application. You don't have to pay a qualifying fee. You don't have to win a preheat to get into the main heat. You know, it's like, it's just show and say, I'm going to join this community of faith and see what God is saying to me, and the race is on. Because trust me, when God starts with you, when you become the perfecter, It'll be others who'll talk about what the end was. Because you won't be there. Well, you'll be there. But you'll be in an old house because you will have moved to a new house. So they will talk about, see, they've ended their race. And we're still on ours. God hadn't finished with us yet, so we're still finding out what that's going to be. But we're going to stay open to it. We're going to stay together. We're going to invite others to join us on that journey. 
Because we know who began this race for us. We know who completed this race for us. We know that through this journey, we will be transformed. We'll become folks we never knew we could be. And we'll sit back and look at it and sometimes actually just laugh at it, going, who would have thunk it? But, oh, we'll know a new joy, we'll know a new courage through that faith. All we need to do is remember that the Scripture is calling us to be tenacious and to endure. Just stay until the race is over. Keep hope in that faith. Let it be without walls so that we're open to what God has in store for us. For we know the resurrection story. We know that story. We don't know the end of that story because we are in the resurrection story. But as long as we let our faith keep us open to God, as a church and as individuals, They'll go around in the community saying, you know, those are some record-breaking folks in their reliance on God. Because they take anything that comes along and says, no, yeah, I know, that's a problem, but guess what? With God's help, we're going to find a way. We're going to find a way through this. We're going to find a solution to this. Because we as community and we together are on this race and on this journey. And we'll persevere to the end because we want to see what happens. You know, we good folks. We nosy, so we want to see what happens. So we're going to stay on this journey. Trusting in God. Letting our faith be without bounds and practicing that radical inclusion. Saying all are welcome in this place. All are called to be a part of this community for all of the beloved of a living and a risen Savior. Amen.